Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to Mama Truth Mondays. It's Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach here. And as always, I'm always bringing to you my favorite people on the planet, women and mamas that inspire me deeply in my heart. They're people that I've personally worked with. They're people that I hire when I'm doing my retreats in the world. They're people that I admire greatly. And today is no different because we're going to talk about unleashing that creativity inside you and really amping up your self-care. And I brought none other than Amber Quietname. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Hold on, everyone. Amber Kumalani Bocini. <laughs> Bonici. Wait, hold on. Amber Kumalani Bonici. How did I do, Amber? <laughs> you know what? You definitely have an A plus for effort, Amy, because you didn't just try once. You tried like three times, which is awesome. You know, what, uh, you know what, how I roll here on the Mama Truth Show? I'm not going to edit it out, mamas, because that's I love that. I roll. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so I just want to tell you all a little bit about Amber. She is an intuitive creativity coach who helps women unwind, have fun, and create the lives they want by teaching them to awaken their creative power. She also teaches hula. And when I go to Hawaii, and I'm going to Hawaii um, this year in August with ladies, we'll talk more about that later, but I'm going to Hawaii and I'm bringing Amber. Like there's no way I will ever lead a retreat in Hawaii again without hiring Amber to come in and work with my ladies because she is so powerful. And I'm just so thrilled. She's also a mama, of course. Um, and her website, you'll, ladies, you're going to love this, is theradiantmama.com, theradiantmama.com. So Amber, thank you so much for letting me butcher your name and for coming on the Mama Truth Show. Oh my gosh, Amy, I'll do anything with you. I love you. <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk. You know, I, I was saying to Amber before we started recording here that we were having just a personal conversation one day and that we were talking about moms and self-care and moms and creative expression. And Amber said something that I thought was so powerful. And it went something like this, that putting your self-care on the back burner as a mom is dangerous. It's straight up dangerous. And putting your creative expression on the back burner is like, you know, talk about not being able to unwind. (laughs) (laughs) And this, you know, for me, this, and you know this, Amber, because um, I led a, a co-led a painting retreat with um, Amber and our dear friend Shiloh Sophia McLeod, and we did painting. And painting is such a growth edge for me. Like I, my inner mean girls come out, like all of that stuff. And I have other ways that I definitely feel good about my creative expression, but I know for so many moms, they don't feel connected at all to their creative expression. So can you talk about that a little bit, Amber, and just what that's all about and and what do you think are some of the keys to unlocking it? Sure. So, um, you know, my story, just because I want to share a little bit because it begins with me being a mom. um, Yes. I... When I was younger, I never thought I was creative. I was like one of those people like, oh, I'm not creative. That was my story I told myself for a long time. Really? And I, you yes. Remember, I never knew that. 
yeah, totally oh had this gosh. whole story. I'm not creative. Like I would draw and my drawings looked like funky. They didn't look like real people. So yeah. I thought something was wrong with me. And so I just didn't do it. Um, even though I enjoyed it, I just thought, well, I'm not good at that. So not going to do that. And then when I had my boys, um, I had Sage, uh, my oldest, and I had Bodhi about two years after him. And we had just moved to Hawaii. And my husband was, we had a business in the mainland, so he would be gone like three months of the year, and then he'd come back for a week, and then gone three months back a week. And I was, um, I was in a really dark place. I was, um, you know, it was myself with my mm-hmm. kids. It was me and my kids. Yeah. <laughs> and there was nothing else. And, you know, before I had my eldest, um, I miscarried. And I, from that point, I said, if I have a kid, you know, after that miscarriage, I said, I'm going to be the best mom ever. <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, I just have to laugh because I don't get it. Ah, oh, right. I'm going to do, I, I promise you like, God, if you give me a baby, I'm going to be such a good mommy. And, um, I thought what that meant was that I need to be like super mom. You know, that meant I did everything with them. They had, you know, I, you know, I clocked their meals. I like, you know, blended their baby food. I it was the one that was at the library so I could listen to story time when they're only like 18 months old. You know, it was like I had all these things. And what that led me to, though, is I got to this point where I completely, I lost me yeah. in all of that. It was like, I was a really good mom, but where, I don't know where Amber went, mm. you know? And I remember one time, yeah, I, I just got into this dark space and I remember my um, Sage, he's like two wandering in. I don't even know if I would have gotten out of bed um, at certain points if Sage wasn't saying, mommy, I'm hungry, you know, right, <laughs> like right. it was like I had to get out of bed. And I remember thinking this has got to change like this, you know, I was having some really dark thoughts, like what's the point of living? Why am I doing this? Um, wow. And I'm just being straight up. It was, yeah. it was really hard. And, and looking back, I think part of it was, um, there was some postpartum yeah. stuff going on too. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, God, I just prayed. I'm like, God, I need something. And I read this book and it was called the gift of a year. And the author and it asks you to like, choose one thing to do for a year for yourself. And I thought I can do one thing Mm. for myself for a year. Right. So then I went through and I thought of all the things I used to love to do. And, you know, I ended up writing down writing and painting. Those are some of my favorite things I used to do as a kid. And I thought, well, I just want to do something with for fun. And those things brought me joy. And, you know, the next day in my email box, I had an email, um, you know, from Shiloh saying, come to a painting and writing mentorship program. I'm like, oh, it was like the angels were singing. I was like, delivered, delivered. Mm. And, um, you know, at the time when my babies were young, it was like what I would do is I'd put my kids down for a nap and I had, I had like one hour. And I would, I made a promise to myself because I was so low. I'm like, I'm not doing dishes. I'm not doing laundry. I am going to take care of myself and what happened was I started to get, I started to find my spark again. Mm. I started to get happy. I started to look forward to getting up in the morning. It wasn't like day after day of like, I get up, I make the kids food, I do the laundry. You know what I mean? It was like the same day, but it was like, I started looking forward to getting up again. Yeah. And, um, and it was, 
it was like through that period of time of just nurturing myself and taking care of myself, it was like I was able to gain my energy back. I don't know. It was like gathering the pieces of myself back to me. Mm. And I was doing it by like painting and just by journaling. And it was like things that in our world of like productivity, you know, yes, it's not productive, but I found that opening my creativity ended up just opening me up in so many ways. I was a better mom. I was a better wife. I was so much happier. Things started flowing more easily. Um, My whole life turned around just by doing and connecting to my creativity and things I loved. I love that. I just, I have to highlight a couple of things because I know that there are some mamas right now that may be in that low point that like, I could just feel them out there, you know, um, and I just want to take a deep breath with all of you mamas that are feeling that low point, whether you're a mom that's um, at home full time with your, with your kids and you feel like you're losing your mind and are feeling that darkness or you're a working mama that is, feels pulled in a million different directions and are feeling that darkness or any, whatever brand or flavor of darkness it is. And just what's so powerful about what you said, Amber, is that commitment to yourself to just do one thing. And I love that you took an hour and we're journaling and writing. And I just, I just want to, um, offer an invitation to all of you listening right now that it might not be a whole hour that you have. It might be five minutes. And to just start with a bold baby step of just doing one thing for you each day, just one thing. And it could be the simplest of things. It could be taking out a sketchbook and sketching. It could be writing in your journal for five minutes. It could be closing your eyes and breathing for five minutes. But just one thing a day for you. Amber said just how much that will like pick up the pieces. It would be gathering up the pieces of your soul so that you can remember who you are. That is so powerful. I'm so glad that you said that story, Amber. And I've never heard you actually talk about it in that specific way. And I just, I love it because, you know, so often when we encounter moms, you know, other mamas in the world or women, you know, in my line of work, women that I admire, colleagues, and I, I like, I see you on the other side, right? Like mm-hmm. I see the, the, the woman that is so vibrant and connected to her creativity and like making, doing hula that like makes my jaw drop and doing these incredible paintings. And I don't know who you were when you were in that dark moment. So sometimes we compare ourselves or we think, oh, they haven't gone through a journey because we're just seeing the sparkly new, you know, aligned <laughs> version And it's so important for us to hear the stories. And so many mamas have shared that on the show about the journey that they went on to get themselves back. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. I laughed when you said the whole sparkly parts. It reminds me of like Facebook. It's like the Facebook post. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. It's so true. It's so true. It's like, here's the picture of me and my children and how amazing they are, whatever. And like, what about the picture of the dishes in the sink and the laundry everywhere? And when your kid's acting like an asshole in public, in the <laughs> class, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> you're like, where is my amazing kid that I know is in there? Oh, my God. And we're in public. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, Amy, I loved what you said about choosing one thing and letting mm. it be small. Mm. You know, when I first started, I was working with moms a lot. And um, just being a mom, I was like, well... I have things you can do. (laughs) It's like, I've just been in the trenches. I know what to do. 
And um, sometimes there's this idea that we have to pull ourselves out, like away from our kids mm. in order to tap into that creativity. And that's totally not true. Um, I mean, I, I'm a big person. I'm, I'm definitely for having time to yourself. I think that's important. I'm an introvert, so I really need it. Um, or I get kind of bitchy. Mm. Um, but there are ways to bring this joy and this creativity in with your kids. Like one of my favorite things to do is a dance break where I just throw on a song Mm -hmm. and then we all just like rock out and dance like crazy. And like, it will completely change your energy. Like that, two, three minute song. Oh my God. I love it. And the kids are like laughing because it's so funny because mommy's acting like a wacko. Yeah. 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 Hair everywhere. (laughs) You know, you know, there's that. There's, um, one thing that I did when my kids were smaller is I'd buy composition books, you know, those cheapo ones you can get for like a dollar. Yeah. Something like that. And, um, they'd each, I'd have one and they'd each have one. And then I could, we'd sit at the table and it'd be like crafty time. Right. So we'd have crayons, they could crayon all, you know, whatever they were doing, I could journal. Um, I have to be honest, I didn't bust out the paints with the kids because that's a little crazy. <laughs> it's a little crazy. It's like more work than, than yes. it's like camping, you know. Yes, you totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah. But yeah, just to have their own thing. And I would also, depending on the age, but you know, having magazines with scissors and glue sticks, like right. they can do little collage stuff. And that, um, that stuff that maybe that would give me like 15 minutes where they would like be, they'd be into it before they're like onto the next thing. But it's like, that's 15 minutes that we're together, we're creating and I'm able to create too. And that feels good. I love that. And I'm just thinking one of the things that I do sometimes with Evie and, 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 um, Annabella used to do this with me, um, is that we would hug and count to a hundred. And so we would just like be in a hug and we just cuddle and we just count to a hundred together. And it was like, I, I mean, I can't even tell you both of our systems just completely would calm down. And Evie now, she can't quite make it to a hundred. So it's more like a count of 10, but even like a count of 10, like having that like little snuggle with your little one. And, and even an eight-year-old, like even a tween, you never know, they might do it. Like, it's like, it's like just that moment of heart to heart connection and breathing can change everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And that's, you know, I love what you're saying that about the connection, because the thing about creativity is that we are all creators, you know, as moms, we've created these beings, right? They, we birthed, if you think about it, like metaphorically, right? That we, created this being in our belly, our belly. And then we birthed this baby. And it's the same thing with anything, with art, with gardening, with, you know, writing or cooking. These are all things that, you know, it's like an idea. And then we bring it into form, Mm. we bring it into reality. And that's part of our job on the planet. Like we are, I believe that we're made in the image of creator, God, whatever you want to call source. Mm. And that that's just part of our makeup, that we are most happy when we are creating something. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's productive or if it makes money or any of that. Um, it's really powerful work to do that. Yeah. What do you feel like in, in the work that you've done with moms, what do you feel like it is about us where it, it gets blocked somehow when we become moms. I know that that's not true for everybody, but I do see it 
as a pretty common theme, this feeling of like we give birth to these little tiny humans or the, or, or someone else gives birth and then we get to raise the tiny human. And, and then it's like somehow we lose who we are. Like it's such an identity crisis. I feel mm-hmm. like when we, when all of a sudden we become a mom, it's like, it comes with all of these ideas, all of these expectations on how we're supposed to shift ourselves, how we're supposed to be different, how we're supposed to be responsible now, how we're supposed to be like the leader now, like what, whatever it is, it's like, you know, that feeling. I remember when Rob and I were coming home from the hospital with Annabella for the first time. And I was like, wait, you're letting me leave with like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I've read all the books. I have like, thank God I had my mom who I'm so close with that was going to be there, you know, but I'm like, I like, what, what is happening here? And, and this little baby is now also relying on me because I was lucky enough to be able to nurse. Like this baby's also relying, like, like the baby's not latching. Like, I don't know what the hell's happening here. And it was, and it's like all of these expectations that we put on ourselves. Is that what you found as you've been working with mamas? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the biggest expectation is that I should know what to do and I need to do it all by myself. That, it's like, it's not up to us, but somehow in our society, what, you know, we're all living our own individual homes, you know, um, it, 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 we can feel like little islands. And at the same time, there's so much help around mm-hmm. if we ask for it. Um, there are people like wanting to help. <laughs> there are people like, yes, please ask, you know, ask me and I'm happy to help you. But I find that, um, this, this expectation that as a mom, we should be able to do everything for our kids, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, expectations can really make us miserable because yeah. we're comparing ourselves with someone. And so part of it is like, okay, what if you came in with the expectation of like, um, I'm not going to get it right. Right. <laughs> and I that love that. It's not, it's not entirely up to me. Right. And, you know, and reframing the idea of what a perfect mom is, what would a perfect mom, you know, if you're comparing yourself to the perfect mom, you're never going to measure up. There's no such thing. Right. But we all have her in our head. You know, the one that like drives the kid, does, does all the soccer practices and makes right. nice snacks. And, you know, I mean, all that. Right. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Totally. Damn her. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But there's, um, I just feel like as women that we can, um, if we can kind of loosen a little bit that, that tight, you know, grip we have on what we want as a perfect mom and recognize that there's a way for you to be a happy mom and to be, you know, a really great, make your kids happy and be a great spouse. But it doesn't, it's not like in the way of like perfection. It's in the way of finding joy in all the little spaces yeah. And uh, making, and I really, really do believe it starts with you. Like if you are unhappy, no matter if you try to be the best mom ever, you are going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be picking on your kids. You're going to be a martyr with your husband. Mm. You're going to be bitchy. And it's like, no one wants a wife or, you know, no one wants a partner like that. And kids can tell if their moms are unhappy. And now when I'm raising my kids, I always think of this. I think, I don't want my kids to grow up and to give everything up for their kids. I don't want them to lose themselves and their mission and what ideas and their vision and their, their joy 
you know, for their kids. In the name of being a mom or in the name of being a dad or in the name of raising children. It's, yeah. Right. So I think I am the example. They are watching how I am being and they're going to, you know, it's like they're going to, whatever partners they end up with or their kids, they're going to, it's the same type of thing. So I think now it's like, it's a hard pattern to break because I'm like, ugh. You know, part of me just wants to give, give, give. And the other part's like, no, Amber, I need to look big picture here. Yeah. Big picture for what I type of parent I want my kids to be. I love that. And yeah, so it's there's a couple things here that for all of you listening here that I just want to um, suggest as little journaling exercise. The first is around the unrealistic expectations and what are some of those expectations that you've been putting on yourself as a mom, as a woman, as a human being? And, and what are the ones that you're willing to release? The, what are the ones that you're willing to reset? I know that I had a coach that I was working with, I, th- I might've been like a year ago. And she said, you know, it seems to me that you're disappointed all the time in yourself. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, like when I'm hearing you talk and what, and she was a very, a very, very intuitive coach. So it was almost on the subconscious level that she was picking up because this was not in my consciousness at all. But she was like, yeah, it's like you have these expectations and you're constantly letting yourself down and you're disappointed in yourself all the time. And I was like, okay, A, I write about this shit. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, and now you're calling me out? I was like, oh man. And then I realized, she's like, I want you to actually consciously choose what your expectations are around how, you know, from everything, from like how often I'm going to work out to what I'm going to eat when it comes to my body, to how much time I'm going to spend with my kids, to how much time I'm going to spend in work, to how much money my business is going to make, to how much revenue. She's like, you, you are unconsciously placing these expectations on yourself and then you feel that down all the time. And I was like, whoa. And so I had to go into every area of my life and reset my expectations so that I could blow them out of the water. So that I, cause, cause I'm such a huge believer and I coach my clients around this all the time. And when I'm teaching workshops and all of that around, you know what, under promise and over deliver with the promises to yourself, because we so often, you know, it's like, um, you know, we think, okay, great. Like I, you know, I just got back from a run just now. And it's like, you know, when I'm on the run, I'm like, okay, I should be doing this five days a week. And I should get my miles up. And da, da, da. Like, I'm like, hello, achievement junkie, inner mean girl. Like, could you settle down? Can we just enjoy the fact that we're on this beautiful run in this moment? And then it's like, you know what? My expectations are twice a week. And usually I can get in three times, but my, but my expectation is twice a week. And as long as that's happening, I'm not going to be beating myself up unconsciously even. And so I just invite all of you to really kind of do that inventory in your life of what are these expectations and also what are these expectations that you've allow your, allowed your kids? Like we, that old adage, we teach people how to treat us. And I think that that's so true. And sometimes we can put the expectation and this just happened this morning with Annabella. She was like, Oh, um, mommy, are you going to be making it to my, you know, whatever the name was assembly this morning? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's some random assembly, you know, that like, and I remember seeing in like the little newsletter, you know, a parent's welcome. Like, it's not like the, the big, you know, and I'm like, uh, suddenly I've like put this expectation that I'm going to be there for every little assembly that like she's on stage for literally half of a minute in a huge group. 
And I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. No, I can't make it to this one. And she was disappointed and we talked about it and we worked through it. And then I had the mom guilt come up for a minute. And then I'm like, no, like I don't need to be there for like the you know, the, whatever, like the angels are coming assembly or the, you know, it's like, it's knickknack day here at Redwood day school. You know, I'm just like, I don't, I can't make it. No, you know, it's like crazy, but it's like, what do we do with the guilt when it comes up? Like for you, Amber, when you're working with your amazing women and helping them, like, I know that like guilt is such a common emotion. Mm. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm, I'm all about moving the energy. So for me, it's about moving the body. Yeah. Like actually like sensing it in the body, like guilt is an emotion, right? But we can feel it somewhere in our body. Like for me, when I feel guilt, it normally hits like my stomach area Mm -hmm. is where it hits me. And so what I do is then I would turn on some music or I'd even just walk and like put my attention where it's at and see if I can move in a way to move that energy, to move it through my body. That's one. The second thing I do is, of course, creativity, you know? Yeah. Like, um, write it out. Take, like, you know, black marker and, like, scribble all over a page, you know? (laughs) Throw some black and brown paint and, like, um, you know, whatever motions. um, If guilt's calling for a color, grab it and and just play with it. And it makes no sense, but it moves the energy. It Mm. really does. I love that. Well, and I know that um, as we start winding down here, Amber, that you have a free gift for everybody. Um, Ladies, you can go over to mamatruthshow.com forward slash Amber, mamatruthshow.com forward slash Amber. And do you want to talk to them for a moment about art for the heart? Yeah. Your free free workshop that you're giving them. Oh my gosh. So great. Yes. So, um, for me, you know, when I was a mom, I need, I needed little mini retreats for myself. I Mm -hmm. couldn't actually take a full retreat at the time. Um, you know, so I was like, how can I find little spaces of time and carve them out for me? And so when I created this, this was kind of what I had in mind. It's a four part video series and we do painting, we do movement, we do, um, writing and all sorts of things. But the idea is that you are taking a little retreat for yourself. And I, love that. I know, isn't it fun? Oh so there's gosh. four videos. Um, you can watch They're They're an hour each, but you can chunk them down obviously to what works for you. You can watch 15 minutes and then save, you know, the 15 minutes for the next day, but think about it as like my gift to you. Here's your little mini retreat to, um, nurture your spirit. And we call it art for the heart cause it's nurturing your spirits so that you can just open up and, um, tap into that, that place that feels really yummy for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love it. So mamas, you can go over to mamatruthshow.com forward slash Amber. I'll have this in the show notes as well at mamatruthshow.com. And Amber, I'd love to end with a question that I ask all the mamas that are on the Mama Truth Show. And that is, what is messy and what is magical about motherhood for you these days? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's hear messy. For me right now, um, you know, my oldest, he's going through a part where he, it's really tough for him. He's got dyslexia and he's just going through, um, he's really being hard on himself and, Mm. and he's having a really hard time adjusting with his emotions. Like, you know, he'll, you know, punch or hit and I have to hold him as he's like freaking out, you know? And, and I, part of me is like, I, you know, we talk about expectations and like, why don't, why can't I figure this out? Why, what's, what's wrong with me? But, um. We have help, and so we're working towards that right now. But that that part feels messy to me because I can't, 
I can't fix it. Right. Right. And just, just even talking about brings me a bit to tears. But yeah. And when I think, um, the, what was it? Messy. The magical, the magical. Magical. Yeah. (laughs) Magical is, um, you talked about snuggling, you know, your kitties, um, your kids. I do the same thing every night. We have this, um, we snuggle together before bed. And like, I, I spend, you know, a couple minutes with each of my boys and I snuggle them and my oldest, I'd look at him and I think, you know, he's 10 years old and he's getting to the point, I mean, he still loves to snuggle me right now. And I just think, oh my gosh, you know, time is moving so fast. And Mm. he's talking about getting deodorant or getting a mustache. And I'm just like, no, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, little bunny. I know it's (sighs) so cute, but I just take those moments, you know, especially if it's been a hard day that I just like, I breathe in like the scent of like his hair and they're Mm -hmm. just the way they are. And I'm like, and I feel my heart up as big as it can. And I'm like, this is like my refuel time. Um, so that's, that's part of my, my magic moment. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, Amber, for being on the Mama Truth show. You're such a gift to the world. Thank you so much for all the incredible work that you're doing. And I just know mamas have gotten so much out of this call. So thank you, my dear. I love you, honey. I love you too. (laughs) All right, mamas, it's Amy Ehlers signing off until next week on the Mama Truth Show where we're going to talk even more. We talked about it even a little on this show. We're going to talk about comparison, the death of motherhood joy. So we'll talk more about those comparison queens and how to get rid of them and get them off your back. So with that, it's Amy signing off. Much love, mamas. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share the Mama Truth show with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. And make sure to visit mamatruthcircle.com to become part of our free community of soulful mamas. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood.